You're going to have to dig deep. You might even have to use that fortitude, that will, that discipline, and the overall intestinal badassery of yourself. All right, folks, in today's episode, we actually sat down with Jordan Lambro of Danger Zone Arcade, phenomenal veteran, phenomenal business entrepreneur, side hustle entrepreneur, and also a great cybersecurity professional, and furthermore, a great veteran. You can find his location at Uncle Bear's in Santan Valley in Gilbert, Arizona, and here you guys go. <laughs> All right, so with regards to veteran entrepreneurship, why did you start Danger Zone? Why Danger Zone specifically? So, so obviously, I wanted to start a second business because my first one is Battle Buddy Rentals. Oh, okay. And that's a, a rental property company. So I have a rental house, and I plan on expanding that because um, I want one rental house per kid as their legacy item. So I got three boys. Okay. So I'm gonna have three houses, um, but it just sits in the background and does its thing. So it wasn't fun. Okay, so it was more stagnant, more... Exactly. Okay, okay gotcha. So, right. so I wanted to start uh, a business that was, was, was fun, where I could get into it, you know? Interesting. Okay, so uh, be mindful that it's going to keep on jiggling. Oh, sorry. It's okay. yeah. So you started the business, and you're like, hey, I got this one on autopilot. Yeah. Super cool, and it's more like that... I hate saying, saying it, but like that long-term boring, like, oh, okay, you know, you put a nickel a day away over here, right? Yeah. So now yeah, that was the low and slow one. <laughs> the low and slow one, okay. So yeah. I wanted a, a fast, a fast-moving uh, business. Um, and so I was already, I mean, I grew up in the 80s, so obviously, you know, going to the arcade, that was daycare for us, you know, back in the day when it was yeah. cool, your parents would just give you $5, drop you off, go to work, and just hope you're alive and there when they come back yeah. in 10 hours. Um, so, so obviously I grew up in the arcade, uh, and they started slowly but surely starting to make a comeback, the whole barcade scene. Got it, okay. Um, and I used to always go and visit, uh, this one in Mesa called The Grid, but where I live, it was always an hour drive. And so I was just constantly having to travel to get my fix, so to speak, an hour each way. <laughs> to get your fix. Yeah, a, a pinball and arcade. Got it. So, so eventually I just got fed up with that and I was like screw it I'm going to make my own I'm going to make my own barcade okay. out where I live so then I can have fun you know enjoy pinball and arcades with all my friends and not have to drive so far it was, so it was really not out of necessity <laughs> it was out of convenience complete selfish need yes got it okay alright interesting so I remember sitting with you a long time ago and you're like I want to do a bar arcade yeah and I advise you not to do the bar yes because of so much liability and now looking back, do you regret not owning the bar versus owning the arcade? Well, I mean, definitely COVID changed everything. Got it. Yep. So I, I, I don't, I'm glad the things panned out the way they did. Um, obviously, so my first, so after, you know, there, there was obviously struggles because I didn't have any partners. So this was just me. All right, how can I make this happen? Not only like, you know, physically, because, you know, obviously this isn't my full-time job. I wasn't going to quit my day job to try to, you know, make this uh, come to fruition. Uh, so it was going to be just out of my own pocket and out of my own spare time. Um, you know, after, after that evaluation uh, and your guidance, it was like, all right, I don't have the capacity right now to actually do the full bar route. So I can be, instead of being a bar owner, that, that's an arcade bar owner, I can be an amusement provider. Oh, 
so that was the route I went and I partnered with another establishment out in um, out where I live out in Santan Valley which was not the best location <laughs> so I mean as you remember there was yeah. a lot of struggles there there was some cultural conflicts Absolutely. between you know uh, generations and uh, and what I was trying in my vision uh, but in hindsight when COVID hit um, they immediately went out of business and so I was able to since I didn't like you said I didn't have the establishment I wasn't out all that capital I was able to immediately just fire and start um, renting out my games that way um, I was still there was still name recognition so I was still able to you know promote the business Got it. I was still able to make income so I can you know increase the inventory and I had one year to build up more games so then my next launch uh, was going to be um, uh, more successful than the previous one because I had all those lessons learned and I had all that time to adjust. So you think having the agility, the mobility, and the flexibility, right? Yeah. And I definitely rhymed on that one totally um, <laughs> on purpose. And enabled you to stay ahead of the power curve of any circumstances such as like COVID, pandemics, you know, stuff like that, not being grounded to the floor of a bar, right? Correct. Got it. Nothing was bolted down. So I was able, I mean, and for the bar they had for example other people that had the pool tables there their jukebox and other types of equipment there they got locked out so they got stuck in litigation I saw the writing on the wall the, once the governor said all places are shut down for um, to dine in you know yeah. I immediately showed up and got all my, all, all my, all my games and, and pop smoke nice. so two days after that the landlords actually closed them out completely so, oh, so the fact that nothing was bolted down, that gave me, that was an advantage for me. Absolutely. So since then, what is the one lesson you learned, not only from the COVID perspective, but also from the, the overall entrepreneur, in, yours more is of the entrepreneur side hustle entrepreneur, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Because, uh, you know, a lot of our veterans are, you know, they're not going to give up their job. We right. know that. And I respect that. And one thing is, you know, one thing I'm trying to kind of gear people away from is you can have both. You can have your main job and you can have your side hustle and your entrepreneurship. You can be an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. And a lot of people don't, they're like, no, you have to be 100% in. Well, no, it's a, you still got to put food on the table, right? Right. So does this help you put food on the table? Not now because I'm technically still in a growing phase. Okay. So, but um, again, if you're, if the only goal is to make money, yep then I would say I have not achieved that yet. Even though obviously I am profitable, but I'm still in the red because my first year was growing. You know, building inventory. But that was not my only goal. So that's actually a really good thing that a lot of people don't realize to take in consideration. Just because you're not making money doesn't mean you're not profitable, right? Correct. And just because you're not um, you're not hitting the financial goal doesn't mean it's not successful. So there are multiple milestones and reiterations you have to go through, I would imagine. Right, and and, and the tr- the trending. Obviously, I keep you know metrics for everything. You know, <laughs> being in cyber, um, the trending is a, in the right direction. It's in a positive direction. Okay. Um, so, uh, but but again, that you know, making just just trying to make it rain cash was never the goal. Got it. You know, um, it, it was to have like you said a hustle that's fun. I mean, the way I the way, and again and manage expectations from that. So the way I see it, this is my remote man cave. That's a great way of putting it. You know, I, I, I get to hang out with all my friends, have, a, you know, Arizona's best craft beer. Absolutely. Um, and I don't have to use the space in my house <laughs> to do all that. And I do, it does make money, 
to pay for more fun games. And eventually, once I'm done buying games, that's when now I become profitable. Gotcha. And based on all the trends of all the metrics that I've been collecting, I will get to that point relatively soon. Oh, fantastic. Good, so, good. So not only is it you have to play the, the product and service entrepreneur side of the house, but you actually have to study your math. If it doesn't math up, it doesn't add up, right? Right. So if at what point would you tell somebody, if you're like, hey, if you're doing this, and it's not making you money, but you really like doing it, just keep rolling with it? Or would you say, hey, you need to have expectations? Yeah, I would definitely say manage expectations um, and have, you know, I remember uh, um, an exit plan, an exit strategy, you know. Um, You know, because for me, it was always small milestones just to kind of do proof of concept. So, for example, when when we first started out here at uh, with Uncle Bear's, we were just four pinball machines in the corner over there. And that was kind of like, all right, hey, let's do this for a month. Let's see what the sales look like. Not only from the arcade collection side, but see how the bar themselves are doing. Oh, wow. You know, our, not only, it's, it, it's a strange time because that was when bars were starting to open up too. So there's a lot of variables that you have to consider um, when you're looking at trends. But, um, it, you know, are the numbers increasing for both establishments? And also, our new faces coming on, you know? So it's not just about, like, all right, more people here, but do we have now new regulars? People that would never have come here in the past, that they're only here because of these games. Interesting. So, uh, and then after the first month, it was relatively, again, it was, by my, my, by my measurements, successful. So then it was like, okay, now let's go into this back area where we can add four more games. And then let's see how that goes for a month. And then four more games brought way more people because now there's you know there's you have to find that balance between three games might not get let's just say three pinball machines might not get someone out of the house but 10 would but 20 wouldn't you know that person's going to come here regardless if there's 10 or 20 you get what I'm saying so where is that 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 lateral limit Mm -hmm. to where that's where your profit margin is it's like okay I don't need to buy a 20th game you know, I only need to buy up to 15. Then I have a good amount, and then I can do a rotation, maybe once every six months or something like that, you know. Um, but every single month, every time I added more games and we did more promotions, more new people started showing up, and then we had more new regulars, and then I was seeing an increase in sales, and then so was the bar. Uh, and then it's like, okay, now that we're kind of full for now, like I've brought my entire inventory here, now let's start doing events. So tournaments. Oh. So we started doing uh, Pac-Man tournaments, pinball tournaments, uh, pong tournaments, and then that just started growing too. So you know, for six months now, we've always doubled the previous month. Wow. So I'm very ignorant. Like you call me a what is it? Uh, a muggle. A muggle. I don't yes. know what a muggle is, but I don't know if that's bad. But yes, we'll go with it. So I'm a novice when it comes to arcades. So like you have, from my understanding, I mean, what you educated me was. You have some of the highest pristine um, arcade machines people are seeking out. Is that right? Yes. So I wanted to do something different. So uh, we, we're, we're, we're fortunate that Arizona is not 100% saturated with tons of arcade bars, uh, so, uh, such as places like Seattle uh, or anywhere on the West Coast or East Coast. Um, we're still a little bit behind the curve, but we're catching up. Um, but most places, because um, they have a profit margin, which makes sense, you know, if... if if I was running this business to pay my mortgage, I would be doing things way differently. Okay. So with pinball machines specifically, there's three models. You have your, your pro, which is your base model. No power steering, no heated seats. 
<laughs> you know, they, again, very ba bare bones, you know. And then you have your premium model, which is going to have a few more game features. And then you're going to have the limited edition, where it's a limited run of only 500 units. And it's, you know, powder-coated, extra, you know, lighting, uh, extra game features, you know, all these little tiny, you know, bells and whistles. Um, so I always buy the limited edition one. And then, once I get them, I start modding them out with like either doing uh, custom lighting, custom code. So I put a lot of attention uh, in into my, 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 my machines and they're very pampered. So, so if someone comes here, they're gonna play what a private collector would have in their home. Wow, they're not gonna cool. just play the very bare minimum base model game that you would find other establishments. And also, I'm here a lot maintaining them. So they're gonna, they're, my, my games, that's one of the things I take pride is when people come here, they say these are the cleanest, the nicest pins I've ever seen, mm. you know, out of playing for 30 some odd years, you know. So is, your, is, the, is the target demographic here just people who go to bars or is it families too? Families too, yeah. Okay, cool. Do you yeah. have a lot of turnaround with the families coming in? Well, I think we do get a lot of families and what I think it's nice about this place is that, you know, you've, for family entertainment, you've got your fat cats, your Dave and Buster's. Um, you know, uh, all those types of places. But, you know, if you're a parent, and I have small children, I, I can't just hang out at the bar and let my kids run around because those places are huge. Yeah, you, you know, so, Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, what I have noticed is that a lot of parents do enjoy either, if they're not into pin, pinball, which a lot of them are, um, they're close enough and it's relatively small enough to where they can just hang out, have a drink, watch a game, and let the kids run around. Yeah, and they're all with well within you know proximity. Yeah. Um, but uh, we even get uh, kids now starting to join the tournaments too with their parents. Oh, really? That's so actually a good family bonding type deal. Yeah. Thing. That's amazing. I don't know. So, what is the next evolutional step here for Danger Zone? Like, what is it going to look like? What is it going to be? So, I want to obviously keep growing um, in this location and start adding. Uh, I definitely still have some space I can occupy, but. Um, I think the, you know, what the success criteria for me is that the space I have available to me is fully utilized so that there's no, there's no waste, you know, that I'm consistently running, you know, at least three tournaments uh, a month. Okay. Uh, and then I get to a point where I'm just rotating um, different games in and out. So that way there's always something new showing up. Uh, maybe not as a as a reoccurring basis as now because now I'm still building and buying but get to that point where it's not static because you know a business like this you, you have to you have to be involved in you know that's one of the things you know speaking of lessons learned is that I have to be the face of this entire operation <laughs> uh, you know I, I, I'm the and that's and again in hindsight I did not know that's how much it would have taken of my time now granted it's something I love Right. So I actually enjoy like after after a long day of tournament, the next morning coming here waxing on all the play fields. Like that's actually like rejuvenating for me to get a pause and a break from the normal chaos of my day. Yeah. Um, so, but I do want to get to a point where it's not uh, the, the building the, the storming and the nor uh, uh, the norming is done, and now I'm just in performing. You know, mm -hmm. I don't need to strategize the next six months of purchases, you know, uh, and, and that's another thing too, is that a lot of the arcades, they're all uh, homebrews. They're made by indie uh, developers. 
So they're not mass produced. So I have to build these relationships with these people, these starving artists that just are diehard arcade fans. Yeah. And plan and predict um, production, you know, six to nine months to a year out. Wow. So, for example, a Cosmotrons, which is a, it's like a version, uh, if Asteroids and Lunar Lander had a baby, it'd be that game. Now, I know, I granted, you're a muggle, so you don't know what I'm talking about, but the listeners do. Um, But uh, but actually, uh, a friend of mine in the Army, he's a lieutenant, uh, he actually built that game. So he did the coding, wow. the design, and the manufacturing of it. So, so they're all independent developers. Wow, that's amazing. See, guys, another veteran building arcades for this young man. Yeah. Imagine that. 